Happening. This is Isaiah Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about how to tell the difference between needing something and wanting something in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and talk about is there a connection between vitamin D and weight gain? And before I get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then get on over to podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share more entertaining behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. So, <laughs> so in this week's uh, iteration of Healthy Conversations, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, how you can tell the difference between needing something and wanting something. Like, so the next time you have like the urge to check your phone or have a second cocktail, <laughs> you know, you might not enjoy it as much as you think you will. Because here's the thing. So, you know, as, as anyone who counts on a three-year-old amongst their, you know, acquaintances, like they can tell you that there's really something to be said about the will <laughs> of this small child that's that's really hard to fight to really dispute and to get past so for instance like once my son realizes that there's let's say ice cream in the freezer <laughs> and he decides that you know he wants uh some ice cream for dessert listen there there's no stopping him or his attempts <laughs> at getting at that ice cream you know me trying to reason with my son is like an ineffective uh un diplomat <laughs> who's a attempted to persuade like a major nation state to you know stockpile uh fewer weapons you know like come on good luck with that you know but a lot of times he gets the ice cream and then basically decides to let the damn thing melt before he even eats it <laughs> you know like sometimes he even puts it down and forgets about it altogether 
together. You know what I mean? It's crazy because from what I can tell, he wants the ice cream, you know, and badly. Like he wants it with every ounce of being <laughs> at that very moment. But apparently he doesn't like it so much so that some other absorbing activity can't remove it from him. You know, like it, like he doesn't want it to the point that something else can't rob his attention for a minute or long enough for him to decide, you know what? <laughs> now I don't want it, you know? And it's kind of funny because I only truly grasp this concept and realize how it applies to me <laughs> when I came across the findings of a study of um, coffee drinkers uh, reported on the Research Digest blog. So this caught my attention, obviously, first of all, because, well, <laughs> I'm a coffee drinker. I love coffee and that's i've said this before that's one of my biggest vices and so you know it grabbed my attention right off the bat so i was like hey you know what 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 are they talking about on this blog and the study that they were talking about was pretty simple and uh you know straightforward you know using uh various uh psychological tests researchers found that quote-unquote heavy drinkers you know those consuming three or more cups per day which uh i generally don't get into that uh i don't fall into that category only because i make the conscious effort not to <laughs> but this uh like the researchers found that these heavy drinkers had a much greater desire for coffee than those who consumed less of it or none but even you know despite all of that desire to drink the coffee as far as the amount of pleasure that they received from the actual drinking of the coffee like as it turns out it, it turns out that they had about the same amount of pleasure when compared to light drinkers like they found similar connections with the more serious addictions to alcohol or hard drugs like that's something to think about <laughs> there was a similar split between wanting and liking like you want the substance more and more but like it less and less and it's also been demonstrated <laughs> or shown that if you deprive people of a prize that they want, like if you hold it back or you keep them from what they want, <laughs> they'll want it or desire it even more, you know, yet if they do eventually get that prize it'll lose some of its value you know what i mean so want like that initial want to have something makes it makes the prize even better like you want it even more <laughs> you know but once you get it it kind of loses something you know it's like now that you got it all right you know what do i do with it <laughs> you know i got it i had it i consumed it it's good i'm satisfied you know and that ancient idea that what we desire isn't necessarily what we enjoy like this has gotten a lot of support from modern neuroscience like these studies like this one that i'm talking about you know it shows that the two processes uh if you will <laughs> you know involve uh distinct circuits in the brain you know without breaking out the actual science terminology um but there's a chemical uh, a so-called pleasure chemical in your brain called dopamine um you know and it's it's probably better understood as like the desire chemical <laughs> You know, which can be triggered in huge quantities in the near total absence 
of pleasure. So your brain, like simply said, your brain could essentially be uh, experiencing zero pleasure at any given moment. And within an instant, like that, like in the snap of a finger, like blink of an eye, like just like that, your brain can be flooded with dopamine. Now, for me, <laughs> this is clearest or crystal clear, I should say, with the effects of social media. You know, think about this. So within seconds after giving into that desire to log on to Facebook or Instagram, you know, I'll realize once again <laughs> that I don't that I won't be having any fun here. You know, like, I mean, I, I mean, I use it more as a business tool than anything else. You know, like I don't necessarily socialize on social media. <laughs> and not to veer off topic too far, but it's it, it, having said that, like not me not necessarily socializing on social media. It's funny to find like when I do actually socialize a bit, it's funny to find out how many people or how many antisocial people are on social media. Like, come on, people, we're on there to socialize. That's why it's called social media. <laughs> You know, but I don't know. Well, let's say that being said, this makes evolutionary sense too. You know, so so follow me here. So from the from your genes point of view, it's helpful that things like sex or eating a meal rich in sugar or and fat, like like it's it's helpful that those things should be pleasurable. But what's really critical is that they're alluring, that they're attracting to, like they draw you in <laughs> you know they make they you they make you desire them <laughs> you know it's it's much more important that you should want them rather than the fact that you enjoy them once you get them you know because all of the uh, again uh sex eating sugar or or fat rich foods you know like these things help our species survive you know and reproduce so it's it's critical that you should want them like your body should crave them you know but keeping this distinction in mind as you cautiously go through your day can actually be surprisingly empowering you know what i mean like there's at least a chance that you'll remember the next time you're gripped by that urge to check your phone or have a second cocktail or say something mean to someone it's a really good chance that that you might not enjoy it as much as you predicted, like as you thought that you would enjoy it. It's not that desire needs to be squashed completely. It simply needs to be understood as a, you know, not useful guide to an enjoyable life. Wise or not, I've also found myself surrendering to my son's demands even more often than not. You know, that way those feelings of wants, they'll arise and move through him quickly, you know, like a passing storm, basically. And soon enough, we're back to enjoying ourselves, like our company, you know, it's it's a lot easier than trying to fight the weather. And it'll just be easier for the both of you or the, uh, the both of us, really. So anyway, the more you know, the better you'll be. And so with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment, Mighty Man. So in this installment of uh, Mighty Man, we're discussing the question, <laughs> is there a connection between vitamin D and weight gain? 
So first off, uh, <laughs> vitamin D, also known as the sunshine vitamin, is, is nothing more than a hormone that your body produces when your skin is exposed to the sun. So you can also get some vitamin D from, you know, your diet, but there's, uh, you know, there are a few foods that actually contain enough vitamin D for it to make any kind of difference. And even with all that, exposure to the sun and diet alone aren't enough. So like, you know, experts estimate that around uh, 50% of people worldwide have less than optimal levels of vitamin D running through their bodies and up to a billion, one billion with a B experience vitamin D deficiency. So guess what your odds are that you're deficient in vitamin D? <laughs> but here's the thing, maintaining these optimal levels of vitamin D is crucial for the health of your bones, your brain, and uh, and your immune system. You know, it's also been suggested that getting the right amount of vitamin D into your body can help prevent unwanted weight gain. So like, you know, people who are overweight or considered uh, obese are more likely to have low vitamin D levels when you compare them with people whose weight, uh, you know, fall within the quote unquote, the normal range. This little fact has caused some professionals to suggest that low vitamin D levels may cause weight gain. <laughs> so that's where this little, uh, you know, weight gain thing comes in into play. And I suppose that's a reasonable assumption, but a few studies seem to support this theory. So in one study, men and women were given 25 micrograms of vitamin D or a placebo each day for 12 weeks. So they were two groups essentially of men and women. Uh, one group was given 25 micrograms of vitamin D and the other group a placebo. And by the end of the study, the people in the vitamin D group lost almost six pounds of fat compared with the placebo group who only lost about 1.1 pounds. And the people in the vitamin D group also gained three pounds more muscle than those in the placebo group. And the funny thing <laughs> was that there were no significant changes in waist sizes or like the total body weight. So the weight didn't go up or down, like the waist size didn't go up or down, but it was found that the people that were taking the vitamin D gained muscle. So they must, so obviously if you understand like how the body works, if you're losing muscle, or I'm sorry, if you're gaining muscle, but your weight is not going up, <laughs> obviously you're, you're gaining muscle, but losing fat, you know what I mean? Which makes sense because muscle burns fat. And actually, in a recent review of 11 weight loss studies, the, the findings suggested that supplementing with 625 to 15,000 micrograms of vi uh, vitamin D monthly for 1 to 12 months may reduce your overall BMI and your waist size in people who are considered overweight or obese. But the reality was that these changes were very very small and no significant differences in total body weight were noted as as we mentioned earlier and so like currently like the most researchers like they believe that the power of vitamin D levels observed in people with uh, again overweight or obesity may be explained by other factors so there's like you know other things involved here you know so for instance since vitamin D is stored in fatty tissues people with uh, larger amounts of body fat <laughs> Like they 
they may need larger amounts of vitamin D, you know, to maintain their blood levels similar to people of lower weight. Also, people with overweight or obesity may also spend less time outdoors or eat less vitamin D rich foods or vitamin D fortified foods. You know what I mean? Like, because that's basically their lifestyle. So because of situations like these, experts suggest or have suggested that people who are considered to be quote unquote overweight. And if you go by like, <laughs> by that chart that you find like online and stuff like that, like I'm technically overweight myself at just over 210 pounds and five foot 10. <laughs> so I'm right there with you guys. But people like us that are people that are considered <laughs> overweight, we might need one and a half times more vitamin D than people with normal BMI or, you know, people that are in that normal, quote unquote, normal um, weight class. Whereas people who are considered obese, <laughs> which are obviously people over that, these people may require two to three times more. So basically twice as much as people that are overweight and basically three times more than normal people <laughs> or people in that normal range. You know, sometimes I wish some of my own family would listen to me, but it's like holding up a $10 bill straight up against your face. It's it's not until you pull the $10 bill away from your face that you notice it's a $10 bill, you know? Same with my family. They're too close to me to actually take my advice. But this is so true. So anyway, how do you know if you're vitamin D deficient? It's a great question, you know? Because it's not typically associated with any noticeable symptoms unless your deficiency is really bad, <laughs> you know? So most people don't even know they're deficient until they have a blood test that catches it, you know? And it's kind of important to know if you're deficient in vitamin D because this prolonged deficiency can lead to things like uh, bone pain or de deformities, um, rickets, which is like a weakening of the bones. Um, it can lead to seizures. It can lead to muscle spasms, uh, dental abnormalities, or even heart problems. So if you recognize any of these symptoms or, or, or several of them, then Make sure to talk about them with your doctor to rule out a vitamin D deficiency. And even though a deficiency can affect anyone, certain groups of people may be at a greater risk. So for instance, people who have had gastric bypass surgery may not be able to properly absorb vitamin D from their diet alone. You know, it's bad enough that we don't get enough vitamin D from our diet. But if you had this gastric bypass, you have even more of an issue absorbing vitamin D. And because of the nature of this surgery, it puts them at a higher risk of developing a deficiency. This also seems to be true for people with celiac disease, people with short bowel syndrome or inflammatory bowel disease, <laughs> cystic fibrosis or chronic pancreatic insufficiency. Say that three times fast. Like I had to write these down because if you fall in these categories, like people who fall into these categories are also at a higher risk of developing a vitamin D deficiency. But that's not all. Those aren't the only people, you know, like older adults, as well as those who have been blessed 
with darker skin tones or who spend little time outdoors, you know, these people may also be at an increased risk of deficiency because of their inability to effectively produce enough vitamin D from sun exposure alone. And finally, some prescription medicines accelerate the breakdown of vitamin D, which in itself can increase the risk of developing a deficiency. <laughs> so if, again, if you suspect you may have like low vitamin D levels, then consider getting your blood levels tested to rule that out. Actually, speaking of, uh, you know, blood tests, doctors generally recommend that you get your vitamin D levels tested twice a year, uh, like once in the spring, and once again in the fall time. This twice a year approach can really help you evaluate your current vitamin D levels in relation to your sun exposure so that, you know, you can tailor your vitamin D intake or supplementation accordingly. And while we're talking about that, there are many ways to improve your vitamin D levels. The first and best way is through sun exposure. Your body can produce this vitamin from cholesterol when you're skin is exposed to UVB sun rays. So according to experts, exposing around uh, 40% of your skin for at least 20 minutes to the midday sun without wearing sunscreen, obviously, this amount of sun exposure is enough sun time for most people to produce a sufficient amount of vitamin D. <laughs> but if you've been blessed, again, with darker skin complexion or maybe living more than uh, in an area of the globe that's more than 35 degrees above or below the equator, then you might find it hard to produce enough vitamin D from the sun alone. And there's other influencers that contribute here. These other influencers that you might want to keep in mind are like things like local smog levels, you know, like if you live in a highly congested city, of course, obviously. <laughs> things like um, cloud cover, you know, obviously if it's cloudy out all the time, you're not going to get as much sun ray, you know. <laughs> uh, the altitude, as we mentioned, uh, or not uh, not the longitude, the altitude. So if you are if you live on, <laughs> like in Colorado, which is which is there's a lot of mountains and stuff like that if you live on a mountain or somewhere where it's mountainy this recommendation may not work for you or might you know they, like this may influence the amount of uvb rays that you get and even the season of the year can all like the it could play a role in your absorption of the of UVB rays. And now, don't take this advice and start go sunbathing. Like, don't start going sunbathing for a few hours a day because most dermatologists warn against excessive sun exposure. Well, because of the increased risk of skin cancer linked to this excessive UV radiation. It, I, there's always a gotcha if you ask me, and this this is kind of a double-edged sword if you you know if you ask me. And all these reasons make it important to ensure you include vitamin D rich foods or uh, you know vitamin D fortified foods into your diet so like some examples would be like you know fatty fishes uh, or mushrooms um, fortified dairy or plant-based milks you know eggs are, are a great example liver <laughs> if you if you're into that or like other meats I know I know liver is a good one uh, not that liver is good but it's a good source of vitamin D and if you're 
not able to maintain like a good amount of vitamin D through sunshine and diet alone, then a supplement that can provide anywhere from, anywhere between 800 and 4,000 international units of vitamin D or how they abbreviate it as IU, like then a supplement might be needed. Actually, if you'd like a recommendation on a nice high quality vitamin D supplement, then sign up for my VIP community. I'm always sharing things that I found over the years that have literally saved me from countless ER visits and, uh, you know, endless doctor appointments and all sorts of medication that you just don't need if you just get your hands on the right stuff, the good stuff right from the beginning and then use them religiously. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. If you want to live past 100, get on my VIP community. Otherwise, just enjoy all the free tips and advice right here on the podcast. So anyway, the bottom line here is we started off asking the question, does vitamin D cause weight gain? And you know, this is pretty much, it's a simple question. And the answer is equally simple. You know, the answer is no, a vitamin D deficiency is unlikely to cause weight gain. But on the flip side, you know, it may cause other health problems or unpleasant symptoms (laughs) which are certainly worth avoiding, if you ask me. You can also maintain your vitamin D levels through a combination of limited sun exposure, uh, a diet that's rich in vitamin D, and by taking quality vitamin D supplements. And as I suggested earlier, if you suspect that your body is not producing enough vitamin D, then listen, you should seriously consider getting your blood levels tested to rule it out, you know, because it is important. Again, you're not going to, it's not going to cause you to gain weight, (laughs) but there's a lot of other health problems and, you know, that, that, that are associated to vitamin D deficiency. So get yourself tested, know your numbers, because once you do then you can improve (laughs) you know what i mean and so with all that said and done that's it you guys that's my show for today i hope you found some valuable information here nothing else i hope i entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me it's very much appreciated on next week's episode we'll be tackling the topic of how to be a superhero in bed so fellas when i say you don't want to miss out on that i mean it you definitely don't want to miss out on that and if you'd like to continue the conversation with me then get on over to podcast.gaspination.com slash vip to get on the vip insiders community where i share even more raw behind the scenes stories tips and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day that's podcast.gaspination.com slash vip again that's podcast.gaspination.com slash vip be in the know starting right now also don't forget to rate me on apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice fat juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much it really helps me get the word out and it's honestly one place your vote truly matters till the next chat take care now bye